0: please visit jcasnetwork.org.
1: Hello, and welcome
0: to Daily Dop Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski with you today, learning tract of Yivamot, page some Bet, or 62. As I mentioned yesterday, the page is mostly taken up with the questions of the mitzvah of reproduction, the mitzvah of pru uravu, be fruitful and multiply. Now, you might think it's a funny thing to be commanded about. Uh, if you look in the, in the Torah back in, in Genesis, when God says to both Adam, and to Noah, it says that God blessed them and said, "Pru uruvu be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And it seems like in the, in the Bible there, it's not a, a directive of what they're supposed to do. It's a blessing to know that you will thrive here on the earth. But by the time the rabbis come along, this has become a legal norm. And it is, in fact, a commandment upon males to procreate. Oddly enough, it's not a commandment in, in normative halacha on females to procreate. Obviously, it takes two to tango. Uh, but I think that the idea may be that males need the extra uh, push to undertake the, uh, the financial and, and logistical struggles, as well as the emotional struggles of child rearing, whereas women are thought, uh, so to speak, more naturally to want children and may not have to be commanded. Alternatively, it may be the case that because, uh, uh, especially in ancient times, childbirth was so often fatal that you could not command women to undergo something which placed their lives at risk and, and certainly was the case that I think is an estimate that something like 33% of people in ancient times, women, uh, 33% of women died in childbirth in those days. In all events, we are talking about, on our page, the commandment upon men to procreate. Now, I'm, I'm at the bottom of 61 bet, uh, the previous page. I'll read the Mishnah. A man must not leave off attempting to have children. Unless he already has child, children. Beit Shammai Omrim Shne Zecharim. Beit uh, say that a person, that a man has to have two male children. Uh, Beit Hillel says that you have to have one of each sex. As it is written, God created them, male and female. Our page will also go on to suggest that there's the view that Beit Shammai says you actually have to have uh, four children, two males and two females, based on a Midrash that both Cain and Abel were born with an identical twin sister, in case you ever wondered uh, how Cain and Abel produced more additional children back then in that Bible story. And there is even a view reported here on our page that it is really Beit Shammai who says that you have to have one male and one female child, and Beit Hillel, who says, one child of, of any gender is the fulfillment of the mitzvah of Pru Uruvu. This is to the rabbi, is not just a rule, it's a statement of value as well, as an affirmation of the goodness of the world. And, uh, and Rabbi Yochanan is quoted, quotes a verse from Isaiah as explaining why there is such a mitzvah. He says, Lo la tohu vira'a, la yitzara. God did not create the world to be a tohu, to be a wasteland, to be pointless, God created the world for human habitation. So anybody who is osek somebody who is helping the world be inhabited, that's considered somebody who is being God's partner in the world and building it up. Our page takes up a number of questions such as uh, if a person had children while they were a non-Jew and then converted to Judaism, does that count as the fulfillment of the mitzvah of Pru Urugu? And at the bottom of the adaf, a new question is raised. Uh, I'm four lines up. If you're reading along, four lines up from the bottom of the page. Itmar, it was said, meaning in the post-Mishnaic era by the uh, Amoraim, "Hayulo banim umetu." A person had children, and then, unfortunately, the children died. Rav Amar kiem priya, priya Rav Huna says the person did fulfill the mitzvah of uh, having children. Rav Yochanan Amar lo kiem. Rabbi Yochanan says he didn't, uh, because we know from Rabbi Yochanan before that he thinks the point is to fill the world with people, and sadly enough, through no fault of his own, this person did not, in fact, you know, continue human and social life with, with his children. Uh, Rav Huna actually is, is associated, his position here is associated with a kind of a mythological view. The reason that he thinks that person did fulfill Pru Uruvu is Rav Huna holds the view that uh, the Messiah will come when all the souls have left heaven and left the storehouse of souls known as goof. It's a strange sort of uh, probably phallic image that there's that there is a heavenly body up there which holds the souls, and when the souls leave, then the Messiah will come. And so this, these people uh, in this in this little story uh, may have passed away, but they were born, and that was the, the important thing. And Rav Yochanan says, no, no, we have to we have to fulfill. Uh, uh, we have to keep society going, we have to keep the community going with with more and more life. One imagines that in ancient times probably happened a lot that uh, that people had children and then they passed away, so this was not just an academic question and that raises for the Talmud the question of whether or not people have to keep getting married and keep trying to have children, uh, whether men have to do this at any stage of their lives. You remember that the Mishnah said the person should not stop having children until they fulfill the mitzvah until they've had a couple but this raises uh, the question instead the gemara will now go on and suggest that, according to the view of rabbi Yehoshua, that you should always be trying to have children at any point in life and he quotes the verse from ecclesiastes baboker zera et zarecha in the morning sow your seed but in the evening do not let your hand uh rest or relax because you don't know which seed will will be fit which will take root uh, this one or that one in the course of this we uh, raise the possibility that one's grandchildren count for the mitzvah of You if you had if you had some children and they unfortunately passed away but they have grandchildren are you still good for the mitzvah of Ravu and in the course of this, we get the weirdest statement that I personally have ever seen in the Talmud, at least given the background information that Rashi gives us. It says here that Rabbah encourages the aged Rav Sheshit to go and have some more children. He's got one child, but he needs to have more children, says says the teacher Rabbah, and Rav Sheshit says, well, listen, I actually, my, you know, I had one child, and, and they, they have children, so I'm, I'm good through the grandparents. But Rashi tells us that this was actually a lie, that Rav Sheshit's actual problem is that he had spent so much time studying that he had become sterile. Now, this is a quite remarkable uh, statement because the, the rabbis generally believe that the height of masculinity is not being macho but being a great scholar. Actually, Rav Sheshit spent so much time listening to Rav Huna's long lectures that he became sterile, strange sense of emasculation. And Rashi gives us the background information that the, the reason he became sterile was that he had to urinate and he held it too long, and that mucked up the plumbing. That's, I think, the weirdest thing I've ever seen in the Talmud. The passage goes on, and as I mentioned, Rabbi Hoshua is of the view that no matter what point in life, you should always keep trying because you don't know what's going to happen next. And that brings us to a very famous agada, a very famous legend on our page not about having uh, physical children in old age, but about having students in old age. It says here on our page that Rabbi Akiva had 12,000 students, and they all died because they weren't nice to each other. They were punished uh, because they did not love each other, and they did not show kavod one to another. We can associate this with the historical uh, Hadrianic persecutions in which Rabbi Akiva was himself ultimately killed. But it says that he had all the 12,000 students who died between Pesach and Shavuot, and that's associated to this day with the Sefirat HaOmer period. And when Rabbi Akiva's students die, he didn't give up. It says then that he went to the south and he taught, he, w- he went to the south and he resurrected the Torah by teaching all of his other students. And those students were Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Uda, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Elazar, Ben Shamua. That is to say, those are the famous students of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is built around not Rabbi Akiva's first successful, first unsuccessful students, they're built around his second trine. It comes off as an image of hope and never giving up. Uh, the, uh, the passage will go on in praise of marriage and how everybody has to be married. And that passage will go on, continue on to the next page, so I'll save that for tomorrow. Thanks for learning today with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.